You're listening to the Level 5 Podcast, featuring wide-ranging conversations on the subjects that matter in business and management. On May 21st, Level 5 Strategy introduces Business Women of Influence first speaker session featuring Linda Hasenkratz. We've divided up the top highlights from the event into two parts. You're now listening to part one, highlighting specific learnings from adapting during COVID. We took this idea of balancing customer employee financial and we symbolized it with a three-legged stool. We call it the stepping stool of success. And the idea is if you forget about one leg of your stool, then your business you know, is gonna collapse. And uh, more, more than just a symbol, we also created a whole sort of measurement system around uh, that concept where we're measuring what we think are, are good indicators of satisfaction or measures of satisfaction for each of customer employee and shareholder. And we measure every plant, group, and the overall corporation on that uh, every month. And there's a bonus associated with it and a, a kind of a competition between plants as to who's the best performer, you know, by leg and overall. And it's, it's a way to kind of, again, weave that concept into the reality of how you do things every day. So you can't just say, here's my values, here's my philosophy and put it on a poster on the wall. You need to find a way to, to weave it into the day-to-day of how you work. Uh, another example is we did articulate what you know we saw as the core values that we have as a company and the leadership behaviors that we're looking for. And we wove that into our annual performance review uh, process whereby performance was equally weighted to behavior as defined by your, how well you reflect our core values and our leadership behaviors, as well as sort of more traditional indicators of performance, like, you know, what, like top level company goals or maybe specific objectives that have been laid out for you for the year. So, and, you know, there's other ways that we've woven those values, core values and leadership behaviors into, you know, how we run and, and, you know, how we develop uh, leaders. So I think that's really the key. It has to go from informal to formal, but not just formal on a wall, formal in a way that, you know, affects how you do business day to day. Yeah. It seems like culture is like ingrained everywhere in your business. I think it's really important. Like, I think that you can't underestimate the value that your culture has in your business that to drive your success. Certainly, I think our culture is a huge driver of our success at Linamar. Um, So switching gears a little bit, um, on our previous interview, you had mentioned that Linamar seems to thrive in a time of crisis. So I was just wondering, what would you say has been like your greatest learning so far throughout COVID? Well, I, I would start out actually exactly where we left off and talking about how important our culture has been to uh, our success, uh, it, you know, managing through COVID. I think that Lindemar's culture actually really is perfectly suited to handle a crisis uh, because we are naturally a very fast moving company. We're naturally very responsive. We see something, we act. We don't, uh, you know, have a lot of bureaucracy and spend a lot of time, uh, you know, uh, with a lot asking a whole bunch of di- different people uh, questions before we make a decision. We're decisive. 
we move quickly, we get the facts and make sure we're making the right choices, but we move fast, we're responsive, we're also very adaptive and um, accustomed to change, probably because continuous improvement and, and, you know, which is a big part of lean thinking, as I was just talking about, is so ingrained in our company to change and improve every single day. And we're also very top and bottom line focused. So that, that kind of culture really suits you well to managing a crisis. You know, make sure you've got a team with the right skill set and resources to be able to handle the situation and make the decisions and the, the right capabilities. And then you gather facts, you gather data, you, you know, get all the information you can uh, in order to put a plan together. And then you follow up like rigorously on uh, implementing and executing on that plan. Uh, and then you communicate like excessively, right? With everybody, your employees for sure. So they know what's going on, uh, but also your, your customers and interacting with them and what's, you know, what their needs are and what their plans are and our suppliers, our shareholders, you know, they're, everybody wants to know, especially in a crisis, what's happening because there's so much uncertainty. So the more you can do to try to uh, relieve that anxiety by providing information, uh, the the better. So, you know, I think for sure that that was a great process that we kicked into action um, right away. The whole ventilator um, uh, initiative was has ended up to be pretty significant for us. And it's actually been an amazing experience from a lot of perspectives. Uh, so first of all, how it started out uh, was actually my daughter, Katie, who was living in the UK and working there, had come back to Canada when things were shutting down in England because she didn't want to be sort of stranded over there and, and uh, on her own. So she came back here and, you know, continued to work here uh, for the company in the UK. Uh, and when she came back, she was talking about ventilators and how this was a big issue in Europe. And remember, Europe was a couple of weeks ahead of us on the pandemic. So uh, they were experiencing challenges already that we, we didn't see for some time in North America. So she came back talking about how, you know, the shortage of ventilators was a big issue. And, you know, had we thought about uh, doing something about that? And, and we thought, that's a really good idea. We should look into that. So uh, we started investigating, you know, different companies who were making, you know, who, who made who made ventilators, who made them here in Canada, uh, what were some good designs, like what were some ideas of how we could help out and, and get into production. So uh, as a result, we had already done all that legwork and, and research uh, well before the Canadian or Ontario government sort of uh, started making phone calls around who can help us make ventilators. So when they did, we were actually ready to roll because we had, you know, we already had this plan underway. Uh, so we had an advantage uh, because we had already started doing some of that uh, work to try to help get into production quicker. Uh, so fast forward to, you know, today we are involved in four different ventilator programs. Uh, one of them, we are doing the full assembly and it's actually, the product is uh, much more than just a ventilator. It's actually like an ICU in a box. It's like basically if somebody's really ill, like you could put this wow. 
with them and they could be like in a separate room a hallway it doesn't have to be the ICU and be completely controlled so like as an as a, an indicator of that there's 1700 different parts in this assembly uh, whereas a typical ventilator might only have 100 or 150 parts so it's 10 times more than 10 times as complex uh, so we're doing full assembly for that that's for a company out of Toronto called Thornhill Medical great innovative company like we've really enjoyed uh, working with them and tooling this job up. So we are pretty much ready to roll in production, you know, from when the whole thing started until uh, production ready was uh, about six weeks. Uh, and until actual production, I'm going to say eight, let's say eight weeks to actual production of those units. Uh, so that's something we're very proud of. Uh, and excited to get uh, into production on in the next sort of week to 10 days. And then the other three uh, uh, projects that we're involved in, we're making components for uh, three different ventilator manufacturers. Uh, so, uh, you know, one, we're making 43 different parts for one wow. ventilator. We're making 16 for another and just one for the third. Uh, so, uh, and those programs, We've been in production since the beginning of April on the first of those programs, which was about two weeks after we got a phone call from that manufacturer to ask us if we could uh, tool up. So that took us two weeks to get into production. The, the one that's 43 probably took us about four weeks to get into uh, some regular uh, production and, and uh, the same, uh, the third project was also two to three weeks. So. Yeah, I mean, we moved really quickly. And it was actually, it's been really good from a couple of perspectives. One, uh, it has, it gave our team uh, something A to do when <laughs> all the rest of our customers were shut down. So that felt good. Uh, and B, something really positive to focus on because, you know, they're making ventilators that are going to save lives, like and making parts for ventilators that are, Get to save lives, and that gave a great sort of positive feeling to a team and, and a boost to morale when morale was pretty low. You know, you had a lot of people off, and uh, so it that was a great you know side benefit of the whole of the whole thing that it gave our team a really great morale boost. Uh, and then secondly, it actually taught us a lot about the medical device industry, which is a market that we're interested in expanding into, not necessarily ventilators. I mean, that wasn't actually on our like list of things that we're, we're trying to pursue, but regardless, it has taught us a lot about the industry and how it works. We've met lots of new players through the whole supply-based management side that I think has been um, really valuable. So, you know, as we look to develop our, our medical device uh, expansion strategy, I feel like we're much more informed about being able to do that today than we would have been uh, two or three months ago. Thank you for listening in on top highlights from the Business Women of Influence event. Please listen to part two to hear more insightful advice from Linda on entrepreneurship and challenges that she's overcame. Thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in to Strategy Lounge, the Level 5 podcast. To learn more about our work, please visit level5strategy.com.